This episode of Two Scoops is brought to you by... Girl, this ain't no real sponsorship. At least not yet. Cam. Mr. B. Is it recording? You know it. Let's give the people something new. It's time to serve it up. What's the scoop? Let's go. Serving it up, UK to the States. No tea, no shade, it's all grace. Nothing we can't discuss in this place. Black culture set the stage, please. Two scoops, baby. Yeah, two, two, two scoops. Welcome to the very first episode of Two Scoops, a cultural podcast where we discuss the many levels of the Black queer LGBTQ experience. We'll be bringing you a lot of sweet, a lot of spice, and sometimes things not so nice, but don't worry, we don't bite. I'm Cam. And my name is Mr. B, and we are so excited to have you here for our first episode. Mr. Mr. B, in the place to be. I just made up a rap. <laughs> in the house. We are here. First podcast. Oh, my God. First I'm, episode. I'm excited. I'm excited. We, we made it happen. We said we'd do something, and here we are. By the way, folks, uh, the jingle that you heard is produced by the amazing Antonio Lewis, a.k.a. Tonio Sound. Thank you so much, brother for creating this for us just for us so talented i mean what a vibe when are the clubs gonna open babe <sighs> let's not talk about that <laughs> i just wanna i just wanna i wanna whine put my head top that is that's what i want to do how have you been how is how's 2021 treating you so far you know i can't i really can't complain as much as it's easy to for me i i don't want to it's been cute I'm still looking at her like with a little side eye, like, mm, are you an imposter? Mm-hmm. What's going on? What's the tea? Right. But so far, she's been cute. Yeah, I mean, she's not paying no rent. You know, she's like that best friend who is staying for a bit too long. Still hasn't, fa- still hasn't found work. Still. Still eating up all your food in the fridge. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for Miss Rona to go. You letting her get away with murder fully i mean we have no choice <laughs> no we all have choice honey she can go right out into this winter Ooh. <laughs> jk i'm not that harsh <laughs> without further ado grab a spoon grab a cone grab a bowl it's time to serve it up let's get into it This is the scoop of the week. Here's how it goes. Each episode will bring you things that stand out to us as noteworthy and that we just feel like they need to get into this. Definitely a massive scoop for me. I guess running theme has been archiving and us archiving our work. So last month was LGBTQ History Month and Mark Thompson and Jason Akunde started the Black and Gay Back in the Day Insta page. Girl, it is everything. It's... It honours Black queer life across the continents, um, a main focus on the UK and US. But it just, I'm like, you know, I'm scrolling. I remember when I first saw it, I was scrolling through this page, just thinking so many of our stories, so many stories yet to be told, you know. And, and I often think of the Windrush generation yeah. as well. You know, we, we, we were there too. Our community, were there. where were those stories? So... That was a massive highlight for me. Um, but, you know, talking of archiving, my scoop of the week is the Ajamu X archive. And if you don't know who Ajamu X is, he is 
a black queer fine art photographer, scholar, radical sex activist and archivist. And he's got an exciting project in the works. Get into this, girl. So he's got a limited edition artist book of 500 copies. And it sounds, it sounds scrumptious. <laughs> so it's going to be signature sewn, printed using lithography and hand bound in cloth with specially designed end papers and a printed dust jacket. Girl, it's so bougie and I love it. But what I'm most excited about is the time and the passion that's going into this project. You know, none of it's digital. It's all done by hand. Um, Ujamu is a film photographer, so it all makes sense. Anyway, so I'm really, really, really excited about that. For anyone that wants to go and support this project, type in Ajamu Archive Kickstarter on Google. So it's A-J-A-M-U-X Archive. And that will take you to his Kickstarter page where you can support the project. You can either donate what you can, put yourself down for one of those limited edition bougie copies, or you can commission a black and white portrait nude of yourself or someone special. Mm. Girl, I'm gagged. The nudes. Yes, and I put myself down for one of those. So, I know you do. So. <laughs> you know she likes to get naked. Child, that'll be a different episode. <laughs> well, speaking of archiving, last month we celebrated Black History Month in the U.S. and LGBTQ History Month in the U.K. Well, this month we are in Women's History Month, so I'm going to talk about an intersection of the two. Um, I ran into this book on Instagram through one of my Judy's back home in the States. Her name's Rebecca. Shout out, Rebecca. Hey. Anyway, the the book is called The Queen's English, and it's by this author called Chloe O. Davis of New York City. It is the LGBTQIA plus dictionary of lingo and colloquial phrases, which includes history, identity, and pride. It is the, quote, official home for the evolving and influential language of the LGBTQIA plus community. Yes, get into all those letters of the acronym, please. And thank you. Come on, alphabet. Right. All of it. Get into it. That'll be another episode as well. Um, But (laughs) back to the Queen's English. Um, First of all, the cover is just amazing. It's just it caught my eye immediately and thought. Yes, 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 yes. And I think it's just so important for, you know, the the preservation of our culture. A lot of what we started is kind of getting lost in the sauce. It's getting appropriated. It's getting hijacked. And, you know, it's fine that, of course, obviously culture spreads. But when the meaning is lost, then mm, I really don't like that. So the fact that this book exists, it reminds ourselves, those those of us who are a part of this community, of our history and our legacy. So go get you a copy. Go to the website www.thequeensenglishus.com and it'll lead you to whatever avenues you can purchase from. Please support small uh, publishing houses. Yes. Yes, let's do that. Please, please, please. And you can go to her Instagram. So you can go to the book's Instagram at the Queen's English US just to get into the flavor of what she's given the community and I can't wait to dive in. So in every episode of our podcast we will have a topping and each topping will be specific in flavor, spice, crunch and flavor. Um today's topping, we've come up with some this or that questions which tend to cause, you know, a bit of friction amongst friends. Hopefully this will just be for the bants. Hopefully. Um, just for the bants though. Before we dive into those, 
Cam, tell me, what have been three lockdown treats for you? Oh, gosh. Well, there's been a long lockdown. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She's still here. Uh, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to go the wholesome, very much domestic tease route. Um, so it might sound a little bit housewife, but I don't care. Get into it. I've seen you in the uh, kitchen. I've seen you cooking up. <laughs> you you are fully living that housewife dream so let it play i'm living my housewife fantasy and speaking of kitchen my kitchen has been my probably my top treat i have been living in that kitchen my husband can tell you um cooking and baking and he said to me one time he was like you know this is kind of like your stage now those of you who don't know i'm an actor and obviously in this pandemic the theaters are done Done, shut, closed, finito. So he was like, you know, you've been so creative. And since I've had the time to just learn new recipes and stuff, I just got into it. I've always baked. I've always cooked. Um, but obviously, I'm doing it more uh, more frequently now. So she's my kitchen has gourmet. been... She's doing gourmet. She's doing gourmet now. She's the gourmet Gourmet. Chef. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All sorts of stuff. Um, one of my favorite chefs is Nigella Lawson. I got her new cookbook, by the way. Cook, eat, repeat. And so I'm, I can't wait to dive into that. But yeah, my kitchen is number one. The second thing has been... Um, Oh, a group of friends of ours, we do these lockdown Zoom quizzes and, you know, that the alcohol comes out and it's just, it's crazy. It's chaotic, but it's amazing. Like, not only can you just kiki, but you also get to learn some shit you didn't know, you didn't know before. So. And is it like different themes? Yeah, we start out with different themes. I think we started out with people doing, doing their own quizzes, so uh, hosting their own quizzes, I should say. Okay. And we pick the theme and stuff like that. This group is very competitive as well. So it was <laughs> some bits get intense, but oh at the end of the day, it's just for the for the bands, as you all say. Just here. for the bands, though. And then number three, I mean Netflix overall, but the number one Netflix show that has literally helped me survive is Shits Creek. And we watched seasons one through six for the very first time all throughout lockdown. The writing is fantastic. Stunning. Comedy gold. What are your top three things that has gotten you through this? Oh, I've oof my camera for sure. Um, so outside of work, you know, I, I focus on photography and film. So that's that's been push, that's been driving me forward. You know, I've just been trying to create as you know as many things as possible. But RuPaul's Drag Race has been massive throughout lockdown. Mm-hmm. And me and hubby, me and hubby. So <laughs> prior, before lockdown, my other half, you couldn't get him to sit down to watch RuPaul's Drag Race in a million years. And now he so I, is. I still can't get mine to sit down uh, it. <laughs> What? Oh, okay. Yeah, let's not talk about it. <laughs> um, But yeah, hubby is just in love with these girls as much as I am. So that's really, that's really got us through. Um, I've started to build a doll's house. A doll's house? Yep. Like House of Dolls. <laughs> so full wood, upholstery, curtains, all the frills, all the frills and frolics, girl. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. B is giving you HGTV, Home and Garden. Get into it. You know, the paints are out. I'm, I'm trying to give you a bitch queen, but not really, because it's... <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the twist. <laughs> right. I've never used a tool. Up until this project, I've, I've never used a tool in my life. I've never, I've never sawn an, anything in half, painted. I, that is just not my, 
not my bag. But this has really offered um, time and space for me to, to really switch off and to be still. You know, when I was seven, I went to Hamley's for the first time and saw these dolls' houses and I instantly fell in love. I've always loved dolls, Barbies, action men, all of that shit. But there was something, um, there was something quite precious about these dolls' houses. I'm still, yeah, I don't know where the fascination came from. But here we are and I'm taking my time with it you know, painting windowsills and, you know, putting cladding on houses. So that's getting me through. And it's keeping me grounded. You know, Hubby and I, we've really been enjoying this time of taking stock together. But it's also offered space for us to, you know, keep that fire burning, try out different mm-hmm. things, you know. Mm-hmm. So we've reinvested in some bedroom goodies at the start of lockdown. And girl, it's been fun. Let me just leave it there. It's been fun. So wait, you're just gonna leave it there? What? We can we can get into that on another episode. You know, we we can talk about my goodies. <laughs> <laughs> so those have been the three lockdown treats: drag race, creating that doll's house, and that prostate massager. Whew. Okay, well, we see that my my style is a bit more demure than Mr. B's, and that is A-OK. I love it. <laughs> Girl, we know you're not wearing anything under that apron when you're cooking for your husband, so... You Good know, night. Right? <laughs> Don't play. Thank you very much. Shout out to my sister-in-law for getting me that gorgeous apron for Christmas. It was like one of the best gifts I got. And it showed me that, oh, girl, you are not 20-something year old, years old anymore. You are definitely in your 30s when an apron is one of the best Christmas gifts you've ever got. When your apron becomes your freakum dress, short and backless, girl. Come on, short and back. It is backless. There we go. Okay, cute stuff out the way. Here are the burning questions. My first thing, and this is something I love asking. How is this pronounced? Plantain or plantain? <laughs> Again, plantain or plantain, if you're from the States, or plantain? Your answer, please. There, there is only one answer to this question. There's only one. Plantain. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode. This will be our first and last. <laughs> Girl, okay. I need to know why. You need to know why. Because plantain. How is it plantain? It's not plantain. Plant- it's always been plantain. It will forever be plantain. Okay, well, obviously, I'm team plantain. Um, I've had a few people like go into like full-on dissertations on why it's plantain. And they bring up the whole, do you say mountain? Do you say fountain? I'm like, yeah, 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 blah, 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 blah. Yawn. I'll always be team plantain. I understand why people say plantain or whatever, but I just, I can't change. But you still choose to say it incorrectly. I choose to say it how I say it. <laughs> because at the end of the day, people know what you mean. But here, it's like, mm, I actually love the trolling. I do an Every every now and again, I'd say like every three months, I'll go on the Instagram, type a story, and say it's plantain and not plantain. And the amounts of of <laughs> the amount of responses I get, I'm like. <laughs> so you're just messy. You're just you're you're basically saying you know it's pronounced plantain, but you're a messy bitch who lives for drama. So you just you just want to stay in that plantain lane. Well, I never. <laughs> But it, it's definitely planted. Oh, okay. Next question is, and this might be a hard one for you, Erica Badu, 
or Jill Scott, and I want to know why. So, Jill Scott, her writing speaks to my heart, right? So we have songs that start with, I was just thinking about you. We have pieces that discuss wanting to take her earrings out because someone's acting up with her man. You know, we've got real life, we get real life shit from Jill. Her writing, her performance, it's like no other. It's timeless. Erica Badu, her music cleanses my spirit. Like, I feel the ancestors, <laughs> you know, just around me when I listen to Erica. It's, it, for me, they always get, yeah, of course, they get put in the same category, Neo Soul, rightly so. But they both offer me something very nourishing. Mm. Definitely. So I, 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 I couldn't pick. I couldn't pick. I mean, imagine a joint album from the two. Could you imagine? I, I love Erica Badu and I've loved her since, I mean, since my adolescence, you know, mm-hmm. when the whole Neo Soul thing really just kicked off. And, yep. and I remember listening to my parents' uh, CD of Baduism. And I remember falling in love with the song Four Leaf Clover so much so that I played it so much that it just, it began to skip. I mean, I the ran same part, that, right? The same. I ran that part through so much so that when I <laughs> would listen to the CD, I would perform it with the skips as well. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> so like Erica Badu has a really special place in my memory, but I think my choice would have to be you know if I had to make this choice between the two queens would be Jill Scott. Um, and again, I've loved her since my adolescence, since that first album, uh, Who Was Jill Scott? Mm-hmm. Is that your favorite album of hers? No, but that's what hooked me. I remember that video. What, what is it? A Long Walk? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, um, I think Jill, for me, because when I began to mature, um, especially when I was in college... And I continued to discover my own sexuality, but like in a mature way and not in a teenage, just got into puberty kind of way. That album, The Real Thing, Words and Sounds, Volume 3, which came yes, out in yes, 06, yes. 07, one of those. 07. 07. Let me tell you something. Crown so, Royal. Crown Royal on ice. Oh. Crown Royal, sultry, smoky. Mm. Your hands on my hips, roll it right back to you. I mean, what? Excuse me, lady? She she's catching that thrust and bringing it right back to I can't I cannot. And then you have the audacity to continue that song with Epiphany, which includes storytelling and word painting. It is sexy, mm-hmm. sexy, sexy. And those two are like that solidified for me. Like okay, C- Cam, there, there there are two lines from from I think it's an Epiphany where she goes, he plows inside as if he's making beats. Period. Red toenail polish paints white walls. What? Image. I mean, so, 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 so what was a standout? What was a standout? If you had to pick one Jill Scott album. It would be that album. Okay. The Real Thing, Words and Sounds, Volume 3, for sure. I mean, I, 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 can, <clears throat> I can place myself in moments in my dorm room or in my friend's car um, playing that album. And I just, I just remember those moments of first hearing those lyrics, like, oh my gosh, yes. And like, Jill Scott's a poet. Mm-hmm. I write poetry, mm-hmm. and 
there's a musicality that exists through her her poetry and 100%. there's poeticism that exists through her music so that that uh symbiosis big words here that exists through her <laughs> artistry i'm like i yes i am all about it and i think that's why i have to go with jill scott so while erica was cleansing your soul jill mm-hmm. scott was giving you roughing oh, up roughing up yes <laughs> so you, you but you know what i one thing it's really interesting that you mentioned you know your coming of age album and for me it was definitely janet jackson's all for you and yes and i remember <clears throat> i was 10 i got that album for my 10th birthday and i remember listening to songs like china love and ooh baby but it was do you mind do you mind? And I, 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 my, my first crush, he was at my 10th birthday party. And I remember it, it was playing in the background, but I, I had no idea what any of these lyrics meant. I had no idea. <laughs> Not one. You know, Janet Jackson was talking about, baby, do you mind coming inside of me? You know, and there was there's so much sensuality in that All For You album. And, you know, as a 10-year-old gay black boy listening to this iconic woman talk about how empowered she is and how much control she has and the joys of sex. Oh, my God, it, was, it, 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 still, ha- it still has a massive impact on me to this day. Definitely my coming-of-age album, Janet Jackson, all for you. So I'm glad that Jill Scott was yours. You know, you're so wholesome, so soulful. I love that. Right, soulful housewife tease. <laughs> okay, so I got one. I got one for you, Lil Kim on Nicki Minaj. Uh oh, are we okay? We're oh, we're we're, we're shifting gears here. <laughs> that fully. Okay, all right, all right. Who, listeners, please do not judge me for my choices. I love both queens, honestly, but I'm going to have to go with Nicki Minaj. Okay, go on. This is why. Mm-hmm. I'm from Jamaica, Queens. Nicki Minaj is from the south side of Jamaica, Queens. So I have to represent my queen's queen, honey. Do you, though? I really do. Like, come on. Are you serious? Okay. Nicki represents the beauty of chaos. I love chaos, and I love beauty, and I love that there's balance within that chaos. Like, it's the versatility for me. So I have to go with Nikki. Like, I'm not, okay, I'm not so much of a hip-hop aficionado. Fun fact. I mean, I love hip-hop. I have so much respect for the genre. And it's placed in our culture as Black people. So Nikki was a good way for me to just get up into the gig because, like, of that pop flavor she manages to, to add to hip-hop. And I know there's a lot of hip-hop purists that, are, you know, are not for it. And that's fine. Not for them, but it's so for me. Um, yeah. Top Nick. Okay, what's what's your top Nikki track or like top two? I have four. Thank Great. you. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a range. I'm not uh, so okay. Obviously, Nikki does hip hop and she does some straight up pop songs with barely any hip hop tinge to it. I'm gonna go for her more hip hop flavor yes, songs. Please. First one, and this really could be the only one, but I'm not gonna be that petty. The first one is feeling myself featuring Beyonce, the Queen. A B feature. Queen B. Period. Number two, Roman Reloaded. Number three, I Am Your Leader. And lastly, the piece de resistance. Nikki's verse in Monster. <sighs> Listen, she ate all of that up. <laughs> all of it. 
and I'm still searching for some crumbs. Licking like, the plate. I I can't deal. It's still in my head. Okay, when this came on in the clubs, it was done. Everybody the lost their mind. That, they're based on that <sighs> energy. Energy. Like, she turned up. She turned up and turned out. Like, it didn't matter if you were a Kim fan, Foxy Brown, Lil Mama, Dusty Azalea, whoever you want to be a fan of. But, like... Ooh. When that came, Dusty Azalea, hold on a minute. (laughs) Oops, but like, no matter who you were a fan of, when that song came on in the club, okay, yes, let little uh, Rick Ross's part go by, let Kanye do his thing, which is my second favorite verse, let Jay Z do his thing, but it was all in anticipation for Nicki's verse in Monster, and the girls were geared up because we had all memorized it. And for a second, everybody became Banji, mm-hmm. and everybody chose violence because <laughs> the amount of arms that was swinging there was no other her birth, option. No other option. So, Monster is the top. Her Nikki's verse in Monster is a reason why I adore her. J'adore. So I'm also a Nikki fan. I love me some Nikki. But, you know, it, for me, it's always been Kim from day. So Hardcore came out in 1996. And oh, all of these women, you know, I, I was raised by women, strong women, strong black women, strong, beautiful black women who, you know, just <sighs> took ownership of their bodies and expressed their sexuality and sensuality with grace and control, with a rawness. And Kim just... I remember first, I remember my mum had hardcore on tape, I think. There's something about Kim's delivery, energy, raspiness, delivery, like, bitch, I'm here. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. here. And, you know, you can watch performances of her on stage. They're so grainy, grainy now, like they're recording on VHS. But, you know, she was the only, you know, of course, she wasn't the first female rapper. Um, but if we talk about Junior Mafia, you know, she's surrounded by all of these mandem. Yeah. And she's holding her fucking own, you know, talking about squeezing her tits and, not, you know, just, just, ah, uh, just. There's such a, for me, there's such a beauty in Kim's music and her raunchiness. And I love that. Um, so if you've not, if you've not listened to Hard, Lil Kim Hardcore, 1996, you, you need to get into that. You really do. So for me, it's definitely got to be Lil' Kim. What's some of your top tracks of hers? Drugs. Um, Mafia Land. Drugs and Mafia Land and Aunt Dot. So these are three songs which tell a story. So, you know, Missy Elliott used to do that quite often as well. So, you know, to kind of paint a picture. So Aunt Dot is about her niece showing up to her door. You know, there's no one else with her and there's people after her and there, there are guns involved. There's a car chase. Lil' Kim took you on a, on a ride through her music. Um, and you can really hear that Biggie Smalls identity in her writing too. Um, and, you know, last but not least, it's definitely got to be no matter what they say. Yes. Oh, I can hear it now. Oh, such a vibe. Now, we've come down to this. I want to know which Beyonce album slash era is your mind? I feel like I 
chop and change into different Beyonce experiences. <laughs> Get it? Beyonce experience. <laughs> but um, I feel it definitely has to, my mind is definitely dangerously in love. Definitely. Mm. Um, I think you've got everything in dangerously in love. You know, yes, sign, speechless. Naughty girl. Um, yeah, so my mind is definitely dangerously in love. Are there any songs in that album that stand out besides um, Naughty Girl? Oh my God, um, Speechless. <gasps> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the vocal arrangement for one, but um, just, the, it's just the lead up to it. It's just she, she seduces you throughout that whole track. And oof, yeah, even right, even now I'm getting goosebumps. But so many elements to Beyonce "Speechless" that still gets me to this day. How about you? Which Bay album is your mind? It's gonna have to be four. I want to tell you why. Every single song is so good, but unfortunately, the album is so underrated and <laughs> overlooked. It? And I don't know, that could be personal tea for myself to unpack. <laughs> no, I agree with you. Um, but it's something about that album. I remember the excitement that I had when that album came out. And what I think it's her last album that came out in a traditional way that albums mm-hmm. came out with an announcement of a release and all that. Rather than giving you a heart attack every time you release right. projects. But yeah, it's for that album. Oh, so many goodies. And the, the things, the songs that stand out for me they're a couple. So like, dance for you. You mentioned speechless. I think speechless for me was an, was a precursor to dance for you because now that I was a full adult, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> when four came you could out, do grown people things. Um, <laughs> exactly. Dance for you was just the right amount of sexy for me, and that video is me, black and white, old school. It's classy. I memorize those classy, honey. I memorize those moves. I still try to do them this day in a chair on a Don't wall. Break your back now. Don't break these hips, honey. Um, so yeah, dance for you. The second one is I care. Oh my god. Okay, so I'm sorry. I know this is your this is your time, but there is a lyric in I care where she goes, "Can you see the tears falling down to my ears?" Right, and there is so much imagery in that, and people kind of overlook that she's like laying on her side crying. I don't know, there's just something so significant about that lyric to me. But, sorry, continue. Absolutely. The lyrics are one thing. But for me, the instrumentation, the drums that are just laid throughout. The live version. The live, whew, the live version. And that bridge. Let me tell you something. Okay, I'm a music nerd. <laughs> the chord progression that starts that build up in the bridge and the layering of the vocals. We all talk about Brandy being the queen of layering, and she is, absolutely. And so I never really thought of Beyonce as, you know, being a vocalist who layers her vocals. But I went to this, um, I went to this YouTube video. Um, it was like some sort of TED Talk, but not a TED Talk. And it was this DJ, her producer on that song, actually, explained how she layered the vocals on that song. And he took out all the main parts. And we got to hear, we, like I was here, <laughs> we got to hear... <laughs> Like, I was up in that room. I wasn't there, child. I was at my computer. We got to hear each layer, and it made me go, oh, my gosh. Sunny, if you just go to YouTube, search I Care, producer, DJ, layering, whatever, you'll find it somehow. And lastly, end of time. 
That song for me is very special. It reminds me all the time of my best friends. And this is before I moved away from New York. And every time it came on, it just made me emotional, even though it's like a really upbeat song and it has this really earthy beat to it. Um, The lyrics for me is what make me love that song so much. So that was B and your mind. I want to know which Rihanna era is your soul. Which Rihanna era is my soul? Oh my, you know what? See, okay, so this is a difficult one for me because Beyonce is my queen, whereas Rihanna is, Rihanna's my best friend, right? As a young gay black boy, you know, dancing in G-A-Y on the sticky floors, drinking cheap rosé, it definitely have to be loud, but as a grown-ass man, in today's world, like right now, anti, anti, yes! anti, anti. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's such a it's such a grown and gritty album. You know, work makes you wanna wind up in a corner somewhere, and then it goes on to needed me, mm. sex with me. I mean, mm. her live version of love on the brain, all of it. All of it. So, yeah, anti for me. Okay, this is where we align. First, it was loud. And I think for the aesthetics, first of all, just the red. The red hair. That whole red hair. <gasps> Hairiana yes. is my yes, era. Yes, yes, Living. She's a stunning woman. But in that red hair, baby, let me tell you something. I want it to be her. Can I tell you? When Only Girl in the World comes on. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's the one. That's the one. Where is the dance floor? And if I'm not at the club and I'm on YouTube, <laughs> the video, the video is stunning. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just made you feel like, ah, oh, yes. Um, but of course, that was more my youth. And as you said, as you matured, anti. Mm. Period. Like, one of my friends describes it as the best album in the world ever made. Wow, <laughs> now, obviously, okay. that's debatable. But it just, it gives you everything. And I think it was the perfect way for her to make a hopefully temporary exit from music but um for me it's the first three songs that immediately grabbed me consideration featuring SZA James Joint one of the best interludes of all time in my opinion and Danity Kane had some really good interludes back in the day um and kiss it better chef's kiss that ain't no chef's kiss girl Kiss it better well, ain't about cooking that. in the kitchen, honey. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> She's she cooking something else. So, we, you know, we've got a lot to look forward to. One thing I've missed is Pride. Oh. Yeah. So, last but not least, Pride or Black Pride? Okay, so when you say Pride, that is to assume that that means non-ethnic Pride. So, to be more specific, London Pride or Black Pride? Hands down, Black Pride here, here in London. Period. Amazing. Period. Like, okay. (laughs) The Pride scenes in New York and London, not too far apart, but definitely they're unique in their own respects. New York York Pride tends to be more inclusive for everyone. Obviously, it's such a big city, and there's just folks all over the place, but you don't get this feeling that it's mostly white, right? So I grew up with that. So coming over to London and seeing that, oh, this is actually very white and you hardly see any non-whites a part of Pride celebrations and stuff like that. 
was very different for me. So yeah, when I found out that there was a Black Gay Pride here and it was a separate celebration, I thought, let me get up into it and see what they're giving. And I loved it when it was in uh, the Vauxhall Pleasure Gardens. But when it moved to Hagerston Park in East London, it was much bigger space and it Mm. felt like a festival. Oh, I fell in love. I fell in love. It was one of the best times I've ever had in the city. The love was there. And, you know, there were a whole bunch of types of people, but obviously it was mostly us, mostly black and brown people. And it was, again, the the love, the love that was exchanged. Yeah, I definitely have to agree with you. Um, As a young gay boy, London Pride, that was the first Pride that I started going to. It wasn't until I went to my first Gay Black Pride that I really felt like I had arrived home, you know? And Mm -hmm. what was a massive moment for me was the thought of, oh my God, I really want to bring my mum and sister here. Yeah. Like it feels, it feels like you are at a massive queer family function, you know, and you can just be your true queer, authentic self. And I feel represented at Black Amen. Pride. I don't feel represented in London Pride. I never have done. Yeah, we, yeah, it was always a space that offered celebration, but I don't, I don't feel included in that. Never have done. It's definitely, it's an interesting thing for such a cosmopolitan city that claims to be, you know, very, very, very diverse. Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, with numbers and population, with statistics, yeah. But when it comes to certain lifestyles, it's, it's still not, even in this day and age. And so, like, if you're bouncing through Soho, Soho in London, as a black or brown queer person... Still to this day, you're kind of like, ooh, where are the rest of us? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you looking at me because you fetishize me? Like, what? what is it? There's this certain discomfort that I still feel in that neighborhood. As much as I love the neighborhood, it's always been like, hmm. Hmm. You know, Soho in London is the gay motherland, sure. But I completely agree with you, Cam. You know what, and maybe some will disagree with me here. I feel as though Soho is becoming more and more, is becoming increasingly less inclusive as the years go by. That's what I feel. Maybe I'm just growing out of it, but I feel there are a lot more, you know, pre-lockdown, East London offered amazing alternative black POC queer spaces you know one of the things that I love about the East London queer scene is that it is queer in all of its it's queer and it's gritty and Mark Ashley Dupay I cannot wait for the clubs to open I'm going to say it again but I cannot wait for the clubs to open As we come to a close, we want to say thank you for listening to our very first episode of Two Scoops. Can we get a round of applause? We did it. Eh, eh. (laughs) Now that you've started to get to know us a little bit, we can't wait to dive into some juicy topics and wholesome conversations that concern our Black and queer LGBTQ family. If you loved what you heard and want to hear more, don't forget to follow or subscribe through the podcast platform of your choice. And please, please, please leave some good, tasty ratings. Yes, please tell your Judys, your family, your loved ones, even tell your exes and your frenemies so they can come get some of this sugar and spice too and they might learn something. Also, please follow us on Instagram at Two Scoops Podcast. That is two, the word two, Scoops Podcast. And on Twitter at two scoops underscore pod P 
POD for pod. My name is Cam. And my name is Mr. B. And we can't wait to have you next week for another episode of Two Scoops. Two Scoops. What'd you say, girl? Two Scoops. Two Scoops. Two Scoops. (laughs) 